Welcome to the Army Talk Fast Five, sponsored by Takeoff, the AM Consumer and Retail Group, and for the month of May, Manhattan Associates. Today is April 29th, 2021. I am your host, Chris Walden, and I am joined, as always, by Ann Mazinga. Ann, how are you? We're still here, Chris. We're still Emma's here. Emma's gone. She's on her new, into her new world, but you and I are going to try to somehow hold this show. Yes, and then Somehow. there were two. Then there were two. Yes, Emma the intern, for those that might have missed the news last week, she's off to the greener pastures of Baltimore. I think that's an appropriate term. And we will miss her dearly, but hey, we soldier on. We soldier on because the retail headlines keep on happening. And there's some big ones this week. And I am excited to announce, too, that as I just teased, for the month of May, Manhattan Associates is going to be our sponsor in the lead up to their big annual event, which is the Mo- Momentum connect conference the week of may 24th i'm actually keynoting that event i'm going to be talking a little omni channel and all the key retail trends that are shaping the industry so stay tuned because we're going to have more information coming your way here on this show and then of course on social media in all the lead up to that show at the end of the may i hope you'll check it out and consider attending uh but and we've also got some other big news going on like next week tell tell the tell the Tell the listeners at home what we got going on because there's something special happening next week. I am so excited. This is as close as I will ever get to attending the Dave Matthews Live at Luther College uh, concert that I so desperately wish I could have been at um, growing up in 1998. Um, But we are doing a show that's live with the Kellogg Business School next week. So we're going to be doing the show. we're going to invite the participants from that class to participate in the show. If we're going to be live, anything could happen, but I'm really excited. Like DMB all the way where I'm going to, I'm going to make like DMB for that show. It's going to be great. This is exciting. I don't even know what DMB means, but that sounds amazing. Uh, Yeah, no, we've talked about him on the show. Jim Lisinski, who's a a professor in marketing, omni-channel marketing, basically at the Kellogg business school out in Chicago with Northwestern, uh, he asked us to, to to come and tape a Fast Five recording in front of his class. So his whole class is going, we're, we're going to see how this works. We have no idea, but it's cool. It's different. And his whole class is actually going to play the role just like we play here every day. Uh, there's probably going to be some cold calls involved and uh, we're going to see where it goes. So stay tuned for that. And then actually that same day, so Thursday, we're going to be recording that with Kellogg. That same day, I am also moderating a killer panel. Yeah, did you see the lineup for this panel with Kanaf? Uh, solid, yes. Nordstrom, Shipped, um, who else are, is on there? Oh, Tractor Supply. supply. Like, yeah. Everybody that's been in the news is going to be at that uh, panel, so yeah. you're going to want to check it out for yeah, sure. Yeah, the ch- chief supply chain officers at Nordstrom and Tractor Supply Company and the chief uh, business development officer at uh, at Shipped as well. So, And it's un- completely unscripted, so we have no script going in, so this is is going to be a real authentic conversation. I know many of them well. Uh, it's been fun putting this together. And I can't wait to hear that conversation. If you want to sign up for that, go to omnitalk.blog right now. It's right there on the homepage. It's free for everyone to register. I think it's the, one of the coolest panels I've ever been associated with. So I cannot wait to do it. And huge thanks to Kanap, uh, DC Velocity, uh, Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals for helping to put that on. So, all right, Ann. I think we I think we should give them a great show today. What do you think? Do you think do you think do you think the audience deserves a great show today? All I, that's all I do. I think that's not all I do is win. All, all we do is put on great shows. All we do is win, 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 and put on great fast fives. I just spilled oh, coffee all Stop. over myself. Okay. 
All right, but we do. We have an amazing show today. We're going to talk about GoPoff and some of the hiring moves that they've made. Uh, Amazon is, of course, not surprisingly, expanding a new delivery service to the garage. And coincidentally, Walmart is announcing more things around its delivery to the fridge in the same week. Those two just go that uh, just go right at each other. It seems like every week we're going to talk Instagram and their new marketplace they have to connect creators and also brands. And believe it or not, there's also a new Harry Potter store in New York City that made our huzzah! Is that a thing that they say? Do they say huzzah in Harry Potter? I don't uh, even know. I, I don't know. People are going to be like. I have not. Seen, I, I have no idea. Believe it or not, as big of a geek as I am, Star Wars fan, I actually don't know very much about Harry Potter. But we're gonna first. We're gonna take off, like we do every week. We're gonna take off with headline number one. And headline number one is that Walmart is pulling the plug on more robots, according to the Wall Street Journal. Now, in our opinion, what is quite possibly the worst headline of all time. The Wall Street Journal has reported that Walmart is quote unquote phasing out its 17 foot tall pickup towers from inside its stores. According to a Walmart spokesperson that was quoted in the article, quote, the customer told us they want one pickup spot and they want that pickup spot to be outside, end quote. And headline aside, what do you think of this article? What does it say to you? What does this headline say to you? Uh, well, I always hate when they're like, customers tell us this is what they want. This is what they want. It always goes back to the like old Henry Ford quote. Like, you just tell me you'd want a faster horse. Like, no, that's not the simple answer. Right. And I think for Great me, point. the biggest, my biggest pet peeve about this is like, people are like, well, yeah, just move the tower outside. There's an internet meme that I love. I don't know if you've seen it, Chris, oh, but it's like, it. one does not simply blank, blank, blank. It, like, you can fill it in. It's from like some movie that, of course, I've probably never watched but like robin hood prince of thieves or something but anyway i think the point is i'll i'll post the meme on it on linkedin so people can see what i'm talking about it does does exist but anyway i think the point is one does not simply move the tower outside they you can't it's not as simple as just going to curbside you are missing the point and i got deep into a reddit thread last night of walmart employees who were talking about this who were like yeah this is like it's the towers so there were some issues with the towers some of the placement of the towers wasn't working it was like in the middle of produce and like it just you know it was a temporary fix and now i think as we look at walmart and other retailers who are starting to really like rip off this band-aid like figure out what the long-term strategy is going to be for fulfilling orders both in store and curbside we're going to see still a lot more flexibility needed in what the right solution is but um there were rumors in that thread that um they're actually going to larger kiosks so they're not completely getting rid of the towers but they might be looking at something um that's more along the lines of you know what uh we're seeing at like the jewel osco for example so bigger formats allow you yes um like where they're allowing you to pull in and you know pick up from a larger kiosk you don't have to go in store to the like random kiosk you have to find um so i think overall like this will get better this is not the end of of pickup towers altogether and it's not just curbside is the answer yeah pickup towers or pickup lockers is probably actually the better way to say this i mean the thing i hate about this article and this is why we do what we do and no offense to the wall street journal but i'm going to be pointed here is this actually has nothing to do with robots really like 
And, and that article actually makes the comparison of Walmart's robot efforts with Bossa Nova. And Bossa Nova against an automated pickup tower in terms of robotics are two really different things. Like one is roving the store and looking at shelf accuracy and inventory. The other one is just moving parcels around in a locker to make sure that everything is staged appropriately. Those are two really different dynamics in terms of what's going on. And lumping that all in, I think, does the whole thing a disservice. To, and, 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 and to your point, the disservice is that there's still a lot of unknowns in terms of, you know, how this is going to work. Like there's still the big question is, do lockers matter? Do we need them in the United States? They're huge over in Europe. You know, where do we need them here and in what densities? Do we need them in the store or actually are they better served outside of the store? Like, and Cleveron or makes both. Yeah, or both, right? And Cleveron right. makes the towers inside the store that Walmart's talking about. And then they also make the ones that you were referencing with Albertsons, right? And Jewel Asco, right? And, and what does that look like? And what is the architectural experience that combines walk up and drive up outdoors out of the store? I don't, I don't think we know the answers there yet. And that, that's really the story here is that we're only in the first innings of this, right? And I don't fault Walmart for trying this experiment. I think it's a great experience. Plus, it also was a big, huge gesture in the store to say, look, we have pickup. Right. right? And there was Agreed. probably a lot of value in that. Uh, what do you think, Anne? Any other, anything else to add? Yeah, I think like number one, we're still we still haven't seen the the end all solution. The current solutions that you know everybody from Target to Walmart, the lines that you're waiting in, whether you're doing curbside or you're doing in store pickup, like it's still a problem that needs to be solved, and it's going to take some time and some experimentation. So yeah, and the other part of the story of lockers too that I think is that we just should bring up is like when you're talking about lockers in a Walmart or a Target where they're already built in areas where there's a lot of density and shout mm-hmm. out to my boy, Nate, for telling me this. Um, I, it's not something I'd really thought of. That's a different question than the setups in Europe. Right. But like, these are big stores with a lot of space and they have a lot of people around them. So the, the, how you look at lockers within that environment can be a very different dynamic. But when you start going say further and further and further out, what do lockers provide is that consolidated pick a point or delivery point. There's, there's all kinds of angles that haven't been explored here. And that's where the conversation needs to go. All right. And let's keep rolling. Let's keep this momentum going. Oh my gosh. All right. So according to grocery dive, GoPuff has confirmed that they've hired former Amazon vice president of global logistics, Tim Collins as their new senior vice president of operations. So Collins spent more than 20 years total. He had a brief break, uh, went over to Uber for a bit uh, and came back to Amazon. But uh, Collins will be overseeing GoPuff's operations, supply chain, customer service, real estate, and launch teams. That's a lot of teams for one small stuff. Yes, yes. (laughs) One man in charge of a lot of things. So you may recall GoPuff also recently just got over a billion dollars in new funding. They've also made a lot of other key executive appointments in the last few months. Um, Executives from Airbnb, Uber, and one of my favorites, the lauded Jocelyn Wong, formerly of Lowe's, um, is their chief customer officer. So uh, Chris, I think this this indicates we were we were talking about this yeah. when we were getting ready for the show. This is something that people we have said before, but they really need to be paying attention to. This is a big hire. Um, it shows, I think, that GoPuff isn't just a flash in the pan. Um, they've got 250 dark stores, triple digit year over year growth. They're really going after that small, same day, quick 
cheap delivery. And I think that this is going to just kind of blow up in the next couple of years. What do you yeah, think though? I, I, it's you. I think this makes you think there's a there there as a friend of ours says, I put a, I put that out on social media this morning. I think it's getting good traction. I mean, this guy was at Amazon for 20 years. And as a student of history, I like to look for patterns too. And, you know, I can remember a lot of ex Amazon people that went over to target and a lot of them, you know, I think Amazon people know where Amazon where Amazon's defenses are potentially down, right? And Amazon people would always say like, Target leveraging its stores as the hub of a fulfillment network or a node in the network in a way they haven't before, whether it's for pickup or last mile delivery and all the types of things Target's been doing of late, you know, that's where they can really gain some ground. So when you see somebody that's been at Amazon for 20 years off and on, but give or take mm-hmm. 20 years, right? and Amazon's still doing pretty damn well, and they go to this company alongside the names of other people from companies like Airbnb and SpaceX and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, with a billion dollars of funding, it makes you wonder if there isn't some hook here that is really, really powerful. And the more I keep looking at this, Ian, I said to somebody yesterday, the whole delivery marketplace for quick, get it in 30 minutes or less. And where do I go when that's what I want to happen? Mm -hmm absolutely somebody can sneak in there and grab that. And if anybody's going to know how to do it, it's probably the VP of global logistics from Amazon, right? Totally. I don't know what I the mean, hell he knows about real estate, but he probably knows a lot <laughs> about global logistics. Well, I think it, it just, you know, we hear this a lot from people, I think, who were former Target people, or former Amazon people. Like you learn so much about how to run a business and how to work those vendor uh, relationships, the CPG relationships. Like you learn about how things happen work and function. And so I think that that's another testament to this hire. Like GoPuff is looking at getting somebody who has 20 years of experience at Amazon, knowing how to run teams, how to get people up to speed, to learn fast, to spend in the right ways. I think it's just, it makes so much sense. And I think it's a really, really smart move by GoPuff. And a billion dollars gives you a lot of room for error. So I think somebody said on social media today, it's like time we start paying attention to GoPuff. We've been saying it now for probably (laughs) like at least the past year. So I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And just production note, I spilled hot coffee in my lap at the start of this podcast and have been able to soldier on somehow. So fortunately, I've already had the kids. But anyway, headline number three, (laughs) headline number three, Amazon is expanding its service that lets people deliver or lets people receive deliveries right inside their garage. And what's interesting about this is that there's also the juxtaposition, as I mentioned before, that Walmart this week also announced that it is expanding its Mark Laurie favorite delivery to the fridge program. So here's what you need to know in relation to these two stories. And then we can talk the Walmart and Amazon battle here. But as of this past Thursday, Prime members now across, and this was crazy, 5,000 U.S. cities. 5,000 U.S. cities. Reminds me of like Ferris Bueller. Can now have their Amazon purchases delivered right inside their garages. It's part of what Amazon is calling their Amazon key program. The company's, which is, quote, the company's array of services that enable delivery drivers to leave packages in garages, homes, cars, and businesses, end quote. It reminds me of Ghostbusters, by the way. Are you the key keeper? (laughs) That's not where I was going. I was like, (laughs) that sounds a little too close to another kind of key party. Like, I don't know about the key initiative, but, you know, that's cool. You go Ghostbusters. I go into, like, swingers. So the name aside, (laughs) that's how it works. And basically, the, what it requires is you have to, of course, have a smart lock and a camera. 
and a smart garage door opener. Now, Walmart, not to be outdone, also what you need to know there, they, after launching what they are calling their in-home to your fridge delivery service, which I think is an interesting name when it's just basically in-home, but it's about the fridge. They started that in Pittsburgh, Kansas City and Vero Beach, Florida, my favorite Florida town. And they are now expanding it to Northwest Arkansas, further cities in Southeast Florida. And in July, and I don't know why this city keeps coming up in everything that we do. In July, they're going to add Atlanta. But hey, Yes. With all that said, now's the time for the put you on the spot question. Oh, oh I yeah. I, I hate to do it to you. Because Chad was on this project. Chad Lusk at uh, A&M was on the Amazon delivery project in a past life. So you, you are right. And guess what? Mm-hmm. Today's put you on the spot question comes from Chad. So here's oh. Chad's question. Chad has this question for you. Chad would like to know. Amazon garage delivery in. Are you in on this service? And if so, why? And if not, what do you think it's missing? And is it is there anything specific to it in terms of the perishability of groceries? Um, Better well, you than me. <laughs> if somebody really wants to go and try to put anything in my garage, be my guest because it is a hot mess in there. Um, I w- yes, I would say I'm in on it. I mean, I think that this is this is going to be more prominent like some kind of delivery like the key the amazon key program where it's put it in my trunk put it in my garage put it in my house i mean i i just think this where it's going to become more and more ubiquitous as the year goes on um and so yes i like it i'm i personally don't think i'd go for the garage angle i to me it seems like that works great if like your garage is connected to your house and it's like the pr photos and there's nothing in it um But I think to me, it makes a lot more sense to just like open the front door and put it in. Like, it seems like temperature control would be better in most garages. And like, I I, I guess all all it's avoiding for me is like theft, like a a prevention from theft and maybe Mm -hmm. like porch piracy. Right. But I, I guess I would go for I'm much more of a person of. I'd rather let you into my house and have you set it inside my front door than I would have you put it in my garage or especially in my fridge. I'm still not there on the fridge angle. So hold that. Cause I was going to ask you that. So, but basically like psychologically you're like, yeah, I could see potentially using this for a garage totally. or for just having people come into my house, which it sounds like you can have it delivered to your garage, your home, your car, your business, as long as you've got kind of this smart setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I actually think this is more interesting for non-groceries in a lot of ways. Cause like yeah. there is no perishability factor. So if exactly. I can get rid of porch piracy, sure. And it's videotaped and I can see everything like, I, I, you know, I don't think that's a problem. I don't think it necessarily solves the grocery issue though, because there isn't any like temperature control unless you're using like freezer bags, which maybe they are that last for a really long time. And so then you get rid of the porch piracy problem and then you're okay there. Um, you know, and so like, I think it's, I, I think it's fine. Like, I think this makes sense. And 5,000 cities a lot. And Amazon doesn't do something at that scale unless they kind of have a pretty good amount of confidence in it usually. Um, but, or maybe it's just still really small and they're just doing it in more cities and they'll see what happens and they'll shut it down. So uh, no, nah, I, I mean, overall, I think, why not? I think this is interesting. I think there's probably plenty of people that would like to use it and and hell, it forces you to probably keep your garage clean too, right? And I mean, for the most or part, not. Like, it might not be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> or um, we're gonna we're gonna see Reddit threads of the Amazon delivery drivers who are like, oh "My God, I found a body in there or something." Like, just yeah. I, I mean, I can think of all of the things garages. that can go wrong, but like a shovel think- fell on my head as I was. <laughs> my thing was like the garage door doesn't close. Then what do you do, right? Like that's that's like insane. well, you 
I agree, but you have, I mean, I think that's where this like smart technology comes in. Like you can see that your garage door is not closed. I watched the like yeah, demo video know. from my yeah, key or know. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Amazon probably has some fail safe built in that. The other thing too, is there's usually another door into your house. that's probably locked and secure. So like there's that whole other element here, but anyway, you brought it up. Are you the Walmart and the fridge thing? They're doubling down on this, which I think is insane in the middle of a pandemic. It's like, okay, let's let people, you know, weigh into your house. Right. I made the joke that maybe they'll bring me loofahs while I'm showering next. That seems like I wouldn't put it past Walmart, but like, are you, are you any more in on this fridge thing or like, where's your head? I mean, it was, it was like, wasn't it like two years ago they announced this first? It, it was. was, it was like, two I years think ago. so. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I think I, something about like a stranger, even with a body camera on just like touching and moving around the food that's in my refrigerator is just like too, a little too personal for me. But I mean, again, that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of people that would use it. I think like, to me, the more interesting side of delivery, like the angles that I'm seeing that I think are are much more adventurous and, and it could have a bigger impact on the rest of society are like the things like Amazon's doing with the e-bike distribution in urban centers. Like that's what I'm focused on. I think these are like a bunch these, of PR back and forth like stuff. splashes. Yeah. 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 I agree. I mean, I think I, I'm going to, I'm going to be really pointed here. I think the fridge idea is just dumb. Like I don't usually use that type of language often but I think it's the single dumbest idea that we've seen in the five years of doing this. And that's why I think it's like, so PR sizzle. Like, I just think there's, I think it's just not cool. It's not interesting. I don't think they should be doing it. I don't think they should be waste their time, wasting their time doing it. I also think it's interesting that the person that was heading the project, Bart Stein, I believe his name is, I'll check that as we're going through this. He's not even with the company anymore. He left, I believe in March. So I think that's a fascinating thing here too. Why are we talking about this right now? And I think when you look at all of the hubbub of everything going on with Walmart right now and the minimum wage too, it doesn't make any sense why this is a topic. So I don't know. I just think it's important context for everyone to consider. Fair enough. I don't know. I think, um, you think that was a little harsh. Did you think I was harsh? I saw your face. You thought I was a little I don't harsh. know. I guess I just, I, I, think I, it's, I think it's the worst idea that we've ever covered. Oh, wow. I don't think it's, I, I think it's an experiment. That's if they want to keep experimenting with that, that's fine. I think there's a lot of other things I'd be spending more money on um, and focusing PR efforts on if I'm Walmart. And that's, you know, trying to keep up with checkout free and trying to figure out how to get more uh, delivery to more dense urban areas and people who don't have, you know, a garage and a fridge with my queue and all the other things. Yeah. But, people who can't pay $20 a month with, which when you annualize that is more than Amazon prime, right? Like let's right. keep focused on where focus should be. Yeah. And I was right. Bart Stein left the company in March. He was the senior vice president of new product innovation. This fell into that. Cause I remember uh, talking to him when I wrote the article about this two years ago. He's now on to something new, according to LinkedIn, and that is Stealth Company, my favorite LinkedIn profile. All right, and let's keep rolling. All right. So according to CNBC, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, the Zuck, announced some more new features that they're working on to help creators generate more money from their content. They include a marketplace that would help match brands with creators whose content fits the audiences that they are trying to reach, creator shops, and creator affiliate programs. So these features are coming as Facebook um, is also adjusting in the recent change to Apple's iOS uh, ecosystem this week that makes it more difficult for uh, Facebook to start sending targeted ads to iPhone and iPad users. They're also looking at doing that on Google Android devices as well. So uh, Facebook's got to get their act together here, Chris. Uh, what do you think about this new announcement? I think it's brilliant. 
I think Instagram, Instagram and Facebook slash whatever, whoever you want to put the attribution to. I think they just know what the hell they're doing. I think it's pure. I think this is pure genius. I mean, it keeps it keeps insta, it keeps influencers sticky to Instagram, which I think is important. It also creates an incentive for new influencers to try to grow their business on Instagram. So you've got the marketplace that connects you. The other part of this was they've now got an affiliate marketplace too. So you can grab things to sell just like you would from Amazon. If you want to start putting those affiliate links and like any of your blog content or things like that, that you can do. Like, I just think, I just think it makes a ton of sense. So like, I'm curious, yeah, for me, like you start to see this play out where it's like, okay, where do I go to browse and get inspired? Right. Well, okay. I'll go to Instagram. And I'm going to interact with shops or influencers. I'm going to see product I like. And then to me, the next real big question here, they're building up all this superstructure around the front end of that. It's like, how do I get it, right? Who am I getting it from? And how do I get it fast? And how do I get it quickly and easily? That's still where I see a ton of infrastructure being developed in and around this that makes commerce happen so quickly at that point of inspiration outside of the traditional, like, more fulfillment based marketplaces based on, you know, speed of delivery, whether it be Amazon or Instacart or like GoPuff, like we talked about before, there's like some mash up there on the backside of this that I think is mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. I think the only issue for me is the cool, details the were still very vague around how yeah. this is going to work and what's going to happen. They haven't deployed any of these yet. It's kind of like a, to me, it was like, how is Amazon beating us right now on that hor- on Carter Jensen's horizontal line of yeah. commerce? And they just kind of went like, well, we're going to do this and this, just the same way that they did with like TikTok and Reels. I think they're just coming at it like, we're going to solve that problem. Um, what I do love, and you mentioned, is that I think that this does open up the opportunity for smaller influencers to make money and to, um, you know, to really develop themselves as a, an authority um, on, on retail or as a curated mix of of brands and so right now like amazon's still requiring baseline minimums of like ten thousand followers to twenty five thousand followers before you can join an affiliate program like this and this for me eliminates you know those barriers for any influencer it also makes the customer experience so much better where right now you know as a customer shopping some influencer shops you still have to go to like a third party like to know it or something to find all the items to Mm -hmm. buy the items And we're seeing this increase, as you mentioned, where they want to keep you an app. There's money to be made by keeping people in that app from start to finish, from transaction, and then post-purchase too. So like, how are we going to see this continue to evolve where Facebook or, you know, we see, we've seen this in other announcements with, you know, Shopify and Pinterest this week, Affirm um, and Returnly, like all these like combinations happening where you own the entire cycle from start to finish and keep that, that customer in your experience as long as is possible. So I think that's that's going to be what I'll be watching most specifically here. Yeah, I think you bring up a good points too there. Like it's also, you know, it's there's also more transparency now in the metrics too, right? So like mm-hmm. influencers come in all shapes and sizes. You can get the people that have like huge audiences, but then you can hit the ones that have like a high quality audience and figuring out who that is and, and what's the in-between there, you know, is not always super easy. And so now you set up tools like this a lot of people can coexist and one plus one can equal three potentially for a lot more people. And, and this type of idea is applicable to almost any place where you have a social network. Like LinkedIn could do something like this, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Like I'd be the first one to jump on board and be interested to see what that would look like based on what we do. So, all right, this next story, I fought pretty hard for this one. Now, some of you out there are probably going to go like, why in the hell is this in the top five? But we're going to talk about that. So I mentioned it before, but Harry Potter 
has a new there's a has a new store in in, in New York City. Actually, not Harry Potter because he's a. Were you trying character. to do a voice there too? Is that like throwback to Stanford Acting Her- School no, again? No, no, I wasn't. But Harry Potter has a new no, store. In new no, no more British accents. All right, no yes, we, I got made cut fun it of after last week. Banks for my British accent last week. You're right, but but the brand Harry Potter has a new store in New York City. Now, I, it's pretty cool. Like if you go in and you read the article. Chain store, chain store age broke this, but it's, it's got some cool stuff. So Warner brothers, they're the parent company. It's a 21,000 square foot store. Okay. It's going to have 15 different themed areas. I have no idea what any of those areas are. There's a bunch of digital tech that uses quote unquote enchanted keys. There's the key reference again. God, it's oh everywhere. God. This and is those... the key party Omni talk show this week. <laughs> <Exactly. Holy cow. laughs> they unlock experiences throughout the store. Those digital keys. Uh, There's VR adventures where wizards can take flight. And there's even a place where you can get your wands personally engraved if you haven't done so already. And I love this too. There's a virtual mobile queuing system that is COVID safe that basically alerts you to when you can come in the store and visit the store. And I fought hard for this story. Do you think I was crazy? Is this like one of Chris's like flights of fancy, no pun intended? And (laughs) this shouldn't be here? Or do you think this is a cool story too? No, I really liked this when you sent it over. And I criticized myself actually, because I was like, I gave the Disney shop such a hard time when we were talking about how BS that was. And I was, and I was like, man, but I think this is kind of different. I think that the way that they approach a store was experience first and then think figured out how you inject retail into the experience. They took like the theme park approach. So this is a destination in New York. And then we put retail in throughout the experience, not just the gift shop at the end, but like, how do I, how are you buying VR, you know, tokens to do different experiences? How are you going to take pictures and then take the things that you took pictures and the costumes you were wearing or whatever. So I, I don't know that I would say like, everyone should be going and investing in a three-story building for like Paw Patrol or Transformers or whatever it might be. But, you know, you've always said it, Chris, like there is that market for these really specific um, experiences, not not necessarily a long-term thing, but there is a market for, you know, having a destination to experience these brands firsthand. And then this digital component to how do you, you know, buy the products af- before, during, and after that physical experience. So, I love this. Um, I also love the queuing system. So I'm going to, you know, hang up after this uh, recording and call my New York real estate brokers and find the closest like coffee candy shop spot that I can open while people are waiting to get into their Harry Potter. Yeah, right. Real fast. Spell Q. Go. Spell what? Spell Q. Q. Oh, the line. (laughs) That's tricky, huh? Oh my god, this is so E-U-E-U-E. I love that E-U-E-U-E. word. E-U-E. Such, yes, yeah, yes, I love yes. that word. It's such a good word. All right, I anyway, you, enough, oh my god, enough Chris humor. All right, no, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, this thing checks all the boxes on what physical retail is supposed to be. And your Disney point is great because I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up too, which is like, okay, look, it's inspirational, it's tactile as hell, and it's a social experience of being somewhere. But let's set the record straight here this is not a retail concept. It is an entertainment concept first and foremost. So is a Lego store. The Disney stores were never set up that way. That right. was the miss. Should they have been. Re- they should have been and still could right. be. The right. parks are, and maybe that's mm-hmm. all you need. But they were retail stores first and foremost, and that's why they weren't interesting to go. Now, I don't. I couldn't tell from the article if they're going to charge admission here, but if you're waiting to get in, it wouldn't surprise me if you are. 
The Lego stores, they charge admission to get in. That's a totally different business model, which means you can run it inventory light. You probably don't really care as much if they buy the stuff on site or buy it from you later or somewhere else later. I think there's a lot of, there's just a lot of space for this type of idea to grow. I mean, I think you could do this with Transformers. I think you could do it with Barbie, Hot Wheels, all kinds of things. And I was talking to somebody, I was talking to somebody in the toy business, VP in the toy business, I won't say where, but he was telling me, I, this blew my mind. They attribute more sales now to YouTube than they do to television advertising. So a part of me is like, take some of this television advertising dollars that aren't generating the return and figure out how to do these types of things that actually don't require that much literal product investment to get yeah. kids and families going to these places because they just insanely and innately want to. Like I've never even seen a Harry Potter movie, but I take my kid there. It's no different. And you've been there. The St. Paul train museum does the same damn thing. And it's been there for 30, I don't know how long it's been there, 20, 30 years. Yeah. It's the same idea, and but it's an idea that can work in a lot of places. Yeah. I cannot wait to see some of the sales figures that come out of this store, because I think like you, uh, you said it, Chris, like you go in, you have this experience, you're creating these memories. And like, after that, what parent is going to, if they can financially do so, what parent's going to turn down the kid that's like, this wand was so funny. Like I'll remember whatever, like all these, these things, it's like the equivalent of, you know, giving people a glass of wine when they walk into a store your your inhibitions are released you want you happiness and this is going to be in, increase your shopping and that's experience so i yeah i love it yeah and once you know how to do this fairly well it's pretty easy to repeat this right and so it's, yeah. just, it's just a marketing investment really at the end of the day to try to drive the units in total and you watch that in the geography or the market you know that you're operating within which i think is a key point too like starting to think like markets and how you watch the movement of your business and your brand so yeah, no, I think it's super cool. I, w- I, I just honestly wish there's more places. Like if there was a transformer store, my kid would make me take them there every, every mm-hmm. month, if not every week. Like it would just happen. So anyway, all right, well, that closes us up. Happy birthday day to, ugh, man, let me try that again. And happy birthday today to Michelle Pfeiffer. I think I got excited just to say Pfeiffer. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. There aren't many times you get P and F in that order. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis, another good alliterative name, and yeah. everyone's favorite, Uma Thurman. But wow. most importantly, yeah, Uma Thurman, right? Yeah. But most importantly, the man who gave us the greatest sitcom of all time, Jerry Seinfeld. This is as well. Yes. Huge, huge fan. I think everyone big knows birthdays that today. If you watch this show. Yeah, those are some big time birthdays. Now remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it on me talk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And it's all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks as always for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. Be sure to check out the webinar we have coming your way with Knopp next week. And also stay tuned, but next week's Fast Five is going to be one hell of a humdinger. I don't know if there's going to be any key masters or key whatever's happening in it, but uh, we're doing it live with the Kellogg School of Business and their omni-channel marketing class. So God knows what the hell those young whippersnappers are going to ask us about and put us on the spot about, but it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. So most importantly, check those things out. And as always, be careful out there.
Yami Talk Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And also Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com.